Hello, everybody. Welcome to Kane and Rince's Sound of Play podcast.
every Wednesday. In Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Thank you for joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 189 for an all-request show. We've had a sequence of amazing, fantastic, talented, wonderful and lovely guests. So I thought you could just put up with me for this one. We could catch up with a few requests from the community. So yes, nine songs or nine pieces, nine tunes, nine numbers that you've asked for, basically. com slash forum. You can put your requests in. You can do the same on Twitter and Facebook if you like. Do follow us there and on social media. Don't forget about our other podcasts as well. We've got Cana Rinse. We've got The Sausage Factory. We've got Playwright. All for your listening pleasure. But this show is about music, and we open the show with a request from Mr. Ixalite. And I thought we last opened the show with that number in... Sound of Play 36. So I felt it was high time, 153 shows ago, pretty much three years. And you, you have to open the show with it or maybe close the show. But I like to open the show with that amazingly breezy, very late 70s, early 80s sounding number from 1997. It's from Grandia, the theme of Grandia, requested by Mr. Ixalite, who says, The Grandia games have been defined by their excellent battle system but said battle system is thankfully used in service of some excellent stories. The first game in particular is a real charmer. It skews younger than its contemporaries with an upbeat atmosphere, colourful visuals and an exciting sense of adventure. The game's soaring theme evokes these traits perfectly and in my mind's eye conjures images of sweeping vistas and daring heroes on a quest, the kind that will certainly have a happy ending. It sounds, in a word, grand. Yeah, that's Noriyuki Iwadare, uh, now 54. Uh, composer, also plays piano and guitar. Uh, he's probably most, yeah, almost certainly most recently credited as a, one of the many uh, arrangement artists on the crazy collection of music that is featured on Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Between 900 and I've heard over a thousand tunes in that game. Obviously loads from the legacy of Nintendo, but also some of the other companies there. And yeah, he's uh, he's been involved in reworking some of those pieces for their appearances in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I understand there's actually been some controversy about some of the tunes in that game because they've had to, because there's so much music on it, and obviously those carts, you can hold a lot of data in, in, in these uh, modern days, but I guess there's a limit on how much they want the cart to cost and stuff, so some of the tunes have actually been truncated in some ways. So you may notice that uh, some of your favourite songs, if they do turn up on a stage, if you're actually concentrating or if you're just listening to them in the player, may have a second or third verse missing, which is obviously a shame. I believe there's a campaign currently somewhere online to have, is it one of the Sonic the Hedgehog ones maybe? I can't remember. But uh, yeah, some of the songs, people don't like them being... Uh, shortened i think dk rap is one of them as well um having that shortened personally not not something i would shed a tear over but understandably for people who like it they're missing their their verses about their favorite kongs anyway we'll be covering uh donkey kong 64 later in uh in the year on canarin so listen out for that darren gargett currently playing through it uh mixed feelings i think it's fair to say uh, the other thing, oh, the thing I wanted to say about Grandia, and I'm sure I said it before because every time I hear it, I get the same thing. Is that uh, sequence where all the music drops away and you just hear the bass line? I'm sure it's identical 
or very near uh, to John Paul Young's Love is in the Air from 1978. And the whole thing evokes that. Or uh, perhaps also it sounds a little bit like the theme of Grandia, the theme tune to a glossy late 70s, early 80s American TV soap. Uh, but for all that, I absolutely love it. <laughs> so it's cheesy. There's a uh, there's a video of it being played uh, live by an orchestra on YouTube. Seek that out. It's a, it's a joyous thing. Next up, something much more sad uh, and downbeat, but a piece definitely worth sharing with a with a story behind it. Uh, this was requested by by Bloody Initiate on the forum. This is a theme for Chell from Battlefield Four. And the story goes, sadly, uh, DICE developer Chel uh, Rutersvod died in October 2013, aged 34, in a motoring accident three weeks before the release of Battlefield 4 that he'd been working so hard on and obviously looking forward, as developers very much do, to everybody getting their hands on and playing the game for real and giving them actual feedback from out there in the wide world. And sadly, he wasn't to live to see that or, or anything else uh, since 2005. He worked for DICE first as a programmer and then latterly in a management role. He was uh, just about to move to L.A. again, this time to be part of building up a new DICE office. Prior to this, he was very excited. Uh, Chell was a purposeful, creative and active person with a developed aesthetic sense. He set high goals and often managed with what he was doing. I assume This is a, uh, from translated from Swedish, so I assume it means that he achieved his high goals. Chell was caring and generous to family and relatives. Rest in peace, Chell. We will never forget you. And this piece from Johan Skugger, again, apologies for my pronunciation, and Yuka Rintimeki uh, was featured in the Battlefield 4 soundtrack. Uh, I don't actually know where and when it plays in the game, um, whether it's part of the story or what, but uh, it's definitely it's on the OST, it's there, and it's dedicated to uh, the late Chell Rutersvod.
theme for Chell from Battlefield 4 uh, in memoriam of their colleague. Now, Toby Fox, we featured uh, the polymath, multi-talented Toby Fox, who made Undertale, wrote Undertale, and, yes, did the theme tune and all the, all the rest of the music as well, in the way that uh, these... I know I say it a lot, but people like Eric Baroni and Toby Fox, and uh, are, there's there's a number of people who are making all their their own games. Um, the Axiom Verge guy, sorry, I forgot his name. Uh, but yes, uh, this is one that we haven't featured from Undertale before. We covered Undertale back in Ken and Rince podcast issue 256, a game that means a lot to a lot of people. Uh, so we haven't played this one before. Mauricio MM requests it and says, a pleasantly unexpected track in a pleasantly unexpected part of the game, provided you followed the pacifist route. This is Chill. Toby Fox's Chill from Undertale, the 2015 game. I see that the the free prequel to the new follow-up is out on Switch now as well. It's already been out on Steam. I'm not sure if it's available on the other consoles. I guess that has some more music in it. So yeah, check out our podcast on that game, 256, Kana Rince, if you're interested to hear more. But obviously there are spoilers worth playing for your own amusement and interest in the first place now this next piece you may or may not want to stick with it one of the things i love about doing cana rinse and sound of play is that we include games and music from all eras uh, and actually we've had much older tunes in this before but this one is a request from a speaker a pc speaker piece from the early 90s and I think it's interesting just to hear just how sort of incredibly basic the music that uh, PC gamers who didn't have a PC sa- uh, sound card ad lib or whatever sound blaster at this point. They were still listening to music that sounded like the piece you're about to hear. It's also fascinating to see just what they managed to get out of that incredibly limited resource. In this case, Patrick Phelan with a piece for Lotus 3, the ultimate challenge. So on Amiga, we'd already had the uh, the previous Lotus games by Magnetic Fields and the music had been Amiga sounding and we're going to hear some Amiga sounding music after this track so they were able to use the built-in chip and samples to make something that definitely resembled real music meanwhile over on the PC they had to cater for those people who didn't have a sound card which was common then sorry for the history lesson if, if you're familiar with all this but sound card would be part of the set up you would need to buy one separately i think they were quite expensive you know they were not they were not a, a cheap consideration you'd be looking at another i don't know 100 quid or something to add a sound card to your your pc setup 
So if you didn't have one or you were playing on, say, your, you know, your your family PC for that was used mainly for work, obviously pre-internet browsing, pre-watching videos and all that kind of thing. So there was no there was no need for anything that did more than beeps. So in cases like this, the game came out on MS-DOS and the sound had to operate. So you got stuff that sounded like this. Now, this is two minutes, 44 long. If it shatters your ears, makes them bleed, then feel free to skip forward. 15 seconds at a time until you hear my voice again or the next tune if you want to skip straight to that uh, but this is actually a request from Nick Turner and it's good to see that there are also on the the YouTube video that I've been watching of this there are similar comments where to some people this might sound like a, a horrendous noise but to other people it is the sound of childhood so Nick says this this takes me back behold once again the glory of the PC speaker beeping out some top quality stuff here while making the metal case of the machine buzz like a thousand angry hornets trying to escape so let's hear it untitled no tune it was just one of the selectable traps uh, traps tracks on the um, on the in-game radio from Lotus 3 the ultimate challenge <laughs> Welcome back. 
if you enjoyed that more power to you if you didn't i apologize uh, but i think it's uh, yeah i think it's great that we can play stuff that sounds like grandier at the start there and and then theme for chell and then come to something like that which doesn't sound like anything you'd hear these days uh, even when composers make chip tune sounding stuff they don't make it sound like that anymore uh, probably for good reason but absolutely uh, essential part of people's memories of games and part of the history of the tech as well curiously i thought this was an interesting pick to go with that one because it's from the same year it's from a driving game it's actually from a game by core design the tomb raider people later of course uh, they'd also made things like chuck rock at this point and switchblade this was a game that was effectively a competitor in the market on the amiga to the lotus games and in fact i chose this jaguar xj220 over lotus 3 um, i felt that i'd had a lot of fun with lotus 1 and 2 fantastic games for the time as close as you could get to playing outrun on a home computer or something like that at this point but jaguar xj220 was um had a bit more of a kind of career not career mode but it had like a a tour mode where you could go on tour with this car and it was a sort of long-running championship stage to stage around various geographical locations the problem was it did actually make the ai of the the opponent cars uh, rather unchallenging so it tended to be a bit of a procession i remember two playering this game with my friend andy we finished first and second in every race uh, around around the world or however around europe wherever you went um, but it was fun it was a it was a cool game the graphics look slightly different they had a, they went for a sort of black outline effect on the sprites uh, with mixed results but uh, but overall I, I i bought it full price day one i have fond memories of, of playing through it and this tune just is yeah incredibly evocative of the time as the gaffer who requested it puts it another funky tune with more slap bass than a level 42 convention it's the title theme to jaguar xj220 so let's hear it by martin iveson the title theme
Amiga, of course, unmistakably because of that split stereo. Apologies if that one grates on your ears as well. But I actually think that's uh, that's a pretty nice tune. Um, and again, for those of us of a certain age, it's likely to mean something. 1992, that Jaguar XJ220. I know nothing about cars, but I remember that coming out in uh, that. I think it was that year. So the, the game tied in with the launch of this incredibly fancy high-end Jaguar car, which I believe was around for a couple of years. Uh, it was a, a desirable item for people with a lot of money, I guess. Uh, but for most of us, we paid 25 quid and played the Amiga game. <laughs> and that was and that. was that. Now we have something, again, more grand and lush, this time from the Millennium 2000. This is a long piece. It's uh, perhaps... Perhaps Hitoshi Sakimoto flexing his muscles. Uh, as Flabio, who requests it, says, the most Sakimoto thing ever to have been burned to disc. It touches pretty much every one of his signature style tropes. Yeah, uh, I struggled to actually describe what those are other than the sort of big harp flourishes. I wouldn't have the musical terminology to explain why Hitoshi Sakimoto's music is so incredibly distinctive. Some would say, I think, you know, critics would say that a lot of his stuff sounds similar, um, but it it does seem to me that actually that you know there's he he does a lot with this palette that he uses, but he does very much stick to his palette. So his pieces in Final Fantasy Tactics do sound like his pieces from Radiant Silvergun do sound like his pieces from this Vagrant Story. It's a Vagrant Story again. If you don't know, it's available on PSN, so you can play it now. It's a pretty hardcore action RPG uh, with a complicated battle and weapons system. Uh, I've still never played it properly. I only played the beginning. Um, I've always wanted to play it as a game I'd like us to cover for the show, but it's now one of those where you'd almost like there to be a, a remake. Unlikely, I would suggest. Uh, but a bit of a cult classic. People who love it absolutely love it in that respect. And this is, uh, yeah, uh, the full part, the full version of one of the suites from the game. Uh, this is 11, almost 12 minutes long, and it's called Climax of the Greylands. So just let your imaginations wander. And if it strikes you that this is something that you could get into, check it out. Uh, check out some videos of Vagrant Story and you'll see a game that I think if it came out now would probably be every bit as lauded as it was then in in its uh, sort of ambition and setting. Fantastic localization as well. Really strong uh, English language work compared to other games of the era. So yes, Vagrant Story, enjoy and uh, get into the atmosphere of Climax of the Greylands Incident.
climax of the Greylands incident by Hitoshi Sakamoto from Square's Vagrant Story. Now, again, a complete left turn, change of atmosphere and genre completely. We're going for some electronica dance music from Pac-Man. Pac-Man Championship Edition 2, the less celebrated sequel to both Pac-Man Championship Edition and Pac-Man Championship Edition uh, 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 DX, that's right, and Plus, which they added to that as well. Um, this came out now in, uh, three years ago, almost 2016, and it was uh, well received and I enjoyed playing it, but it never really caught on like the, the original few versions did. Uh, but I would say uh, it comes up, it's very cheap in sales, it's uh, available on all the services. More recently came to Switch, of course, like most things do. Uh, and this tune is a good example of what you'll be hearing while you're playing it. This is the this actually accompanies your standard length five minute championship high score attack run. This game is all about score attacks, learning patterns and optimizing your way through just like the original was. But uh, for whatever reason, the mechanics don't seem to quite have quite the same grip. I would have to we'd have to make a show about it to to try to get into why that might be. We did cover the original Championship Edition way back in Kane and Rinse podcast issue 59. We also talked about some of the other Pac-Man games that are, that have happened and are out there, but that's definitely not to say we might not, uh, or we might, I should say, come back to the Pac-Man series in the future. Uh, we could, I mean, it's definitely a game where you, uh, a series, uh, an IP where you could do multiple games on, uh, multiple podcasts on different games in that series. But uh, But for now, we just have that one. And the occasional bit of music. This is Pack Jump Up by Akitaka Toyama, also known as Ajurika from Pac-Man Championship Edition 2.
Bandai Namco's Pac-Man Championship Edition 2 Pac-Jump-Up by Ajurika. Good times. Penultimately, for this sound of play, we have a request with no words. He just wants to hear the piece. Our friend Camille, K-Sub-0-1000, from one of his famous, uh, famously beloved games, uh, often cited by kind of gamers of, of a certain um, set of values as being a game that is sort of archetypally catering to sort of, yeah, a certain, a certain purity of, of video game gameplay that is, it's not, it, it's, there's no compromise in it, but it's incredibly precise and demanding, but also rewarding. Uh, Team Ninja and Ninja Gaiden, the 2004 Xbox original, of course, you can play it on PS3 on the Sigma version. There was a Vita version, which I think was less well received. And you can play it the second version that they released on Xbox original. Ninja Gaiden Black is available to play on backwards compatible Xbox One. And it looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think it's one of the ones that's been up resed uh, significantly. So if you run it on, I don't know if this works on both Xbox One and Xbox One X, but certainly when I run this and install this on Xbox One X, it looks absolutely amazing. It looks you know, pretty much like a new game. Um, so yeah, well worth checking out if you've got uh, an Xbox One X, certainly. Um, download it from the marketplace. Ninja Gaiden, yes, uh, incredibly well received at the time and still a game that torments uh, players who want to get good like me, but perhaps haven't quite got the skill. We talked all about it in Kane and Rinse podcast issue 266 and it's a tough one. Let's put it like that. <laughs> uh, this is Freeze Up from Ninja Gaiden by Ryo Koike and Wakanaraha.
freeze up from Ninja Gaiden. Thanks to Camille for requesting that one. But please remember, all of you, do venture over to the forum, canandrince.com slash forum. Or you can do it on Twitter, but follow us anyway, at canandrince. Use the hashtag sound of play if you want us to seek it that way. We also have our Facebook page, facebook.com slash canandrince, of course. And you can request your favourites. We'll continue to include a selection of these in the playlist for each regular sound of play. As you've heard, we'll play anything from any era, pretty much, give or take, bar tunes that are more famous for in their own right than they are from the game where in terms of licensed tunes uh, we won't just play you know Green Day or Metallica or something because it was on Guitar Hero um, for various reasons but uh, yeah we also like hearing it doesn't have to be something that you just love and think is an amazing beautiful luxurious gorgeous piece of music something that you have a story about or something that amused you back in the day or whatever just let us know send us a story and a request please subscribe to sound of play if you don't already and leave us uh, an itunes or apple podcast review or rating we're also available of course on other pod podcast capturers capturing devices uh, leave us a review or a rating there as well any little helps uh, listen to our other podcasts as i say we have cane and rinse on mondays that's our deep dive review show we have playwright on thursdays that's uh, where ryan and ryan come up with all new ways to play Based on pitches, they create video game concepts. And on Fridays, we have the Sausage Factory where Chris O'Regan interviews many of the aspiring young developers with games out already on the marketplace, independent developers, uh, who he often meets and uh, speaks to at PAX and places like that, and then gets them to come on and talk about their work and their products. So, yeah, it's a good time. You should subscribe to all of them and follow us on social medias, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. If you've enjoyed this show and appreciate the effort and time that goes into all the stuff that we do, you can donate. A dollar a month even is the minimum, and that unlocks all the bonuses. Patreon.com slash Rinse. For that, you'll get extended and early Cana Rinse podcasts. You get an extra monthly podcast. You get our format special specials. We've covered PlayStation, the original PlayStation, the original Game Boy, and the Mega Drive now. We're doing the original Xbox. You get those three months early just by supporting us for a dollar a month and it's very gratefully received and thank you in this show to all our community contributors do keep them coming we need your requests to keep the show going otherwise we'll just be picking our own stuff that we like and won't be the same so to close this one we're going to have uh, not one but three pieces that jay our editor thank you jay is going to carefully stitch together or smoothly blend together perhaps or just play one after the other. So this is a triple request. This is the Song to the Sun from Horizon Zero Dawn. But there's three versions. There's the dawning version, the midday version, and the evening version, all by Jonathan Williams. Joe Bobonobo requested this by saying, one of my absolute favourite tracks from the soundtrack of Horizon Zero Dawn is the Song to the Sun by Jonathan Williams. You come across a group of red-robed Kaja priests in Meridian City who perform a chant as part of their ritual. Depending on the time of day, they will perform a different chant at morning, midday and evening. When I first heard this, I got genuine goosebumps. This series of chants show the sheer vocal power of a choral performance. I never get tired of hearing it. So yeah, we're going to close the show with these three back-to-back -back from Horizon Zero Dawn, the PS4 exclusive from 2017. We covered this game quite recently, Kane and Rinse Podcast issue 343. Good show, check it out. If you fancy hearing us talking all about our experiences with Horizon Zero Dawn, and if you want to get back into the atmosphere, 
or even if you've never played it and you just want to hear a lovely piece of singing or three pieces of singing, enjoy Song to the Sun and we'll see you next time on Sound of Play. <laughs>